Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Time to make some money. It is Chris Carlin, Courtney Cronin in for Greedy today, presented by Progressive Insurance. Gotta love Christine Lisi representing her Buffalo Bills. And Nuno, before we bring in Joe Fortenbaugh, I mean, it's it's gotta be an entire group of people at ESPN Radio in Bristol that are rooting for the Bills, just knowing what kind of baked goods might be on the horizon <laughs> if the Buffalo Bills win. And, Courtney, I don't know if you've ever had any of Christine Lisi's. It's the uh, curse of working remotely. Yeah. Being it, stuck up here in Minnesota. I've been up there a few times, and I have never wanted to leave. They are just that good. I mean, Nuno, tell me here. I mean, are people actively rooting for the Bills knowing what could come Monday? So let's just tell you about what she did today. She baked a Oreo with chocolate cake type of fudge, whatever. It's just, it looks. Is it a cookie? Is it a cake? What is it? It's a cookie. It's a cookie. It's a cookie. It's basically an Oreo stuffed chocolate shape, chocolate cake cookie of some sort. Do you deliver to Minnesota? (laughs) I mean, if you follow Christine on Twitter, you know that the recipes are there. And I would highly advise that you do follow her because they are amazing when I've had them. And uh, Christine, I dare I, just so you don't jinx yourself, do you already have something planned should the Bills win? Or is it let it fly and see what your joyous mood will have you turn to Sunday night after a Bills win? I don't do any preemptive treats per se, mm. but I do. If the Bills win the Super Bowl, I have something spectacular planned. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Awesome. Follow her on Twitter, Christine Lisi, who is just incredible with this, and pulling for the Bills too for her, just because you know there are so many people that have suffered for so long. So let us get to making some money. It's Chris and Courtney in for Greeny, and we welcome in ESPN betting analyst, ESPN Radio's Joe Fortenbaugh. Joseph, how are you? I'm doing great this morning, and as someone who married into Bill's Mafia, I know exactly what you're talking about right now. The calorie count will be quite high in this household as well this weekend. <laughs> no doubt. You have to get your money's worth there. All right, let's get to it. Uh, speaking of money, Tennessee laying three and a half. Uh, the over-under 47.5 between the Bengals and the Titans. We know that Cincinnati has been explosive all year. Can the Bengals go in and pull this upset? Do you like Cincinnati here? They can absolutely do it, but I'm going to be playing Tennessee minus three and a half. There was a book out here in Vegas that opened this game, Tennessee minus two and a half, and it immediately got bet right through the key number of three to three and a half. Few things to consider here. Number one, I think you have an overvalued Cincinnati team and an undervalued Tennessee team. People look at Tennessee and they still doubt him because of Ryan Tannehill. He's not Patrick Mahomes. He's not Josh Allen. He's not Aaron Rodgers. These guys are still the one seed, and they achieved that in the AFC despite losing Derrick Henry for half the season, losing A.J. Brown, losing Julio Jones, they still found a way to get it done. Mike Vrabel has been fantastic in his career when he has extra time to prepare. We always talk about Andy Reid off the bye. Vrabel is 4-0 straight up, 4-0 against the spread coming off a bye, beating the closing point spread by an average of 19 points per game. That is filthy. That's like saying if Tennessee's a three-point favorite off a bye, 
He's winning by 22 points in those games. It is absolutely insane. Cincinnati last week against one of the worst red zone defenses of the millennium went two for five in the red zone. I think if they had been playing a slightly better team, a slightly more organized team than the Raiders, Cincinnati goes down. I think Tennessee jumps on them early. Don't be surprised if Tennessee has a lead after the first quarter, first half. I like a minus three and a half to win the game as well. Am I crazy if I want to take the 49ers plus six? Like, I'm looking at, like, everything that's happened for them down the stretch of the season. They win back-to-back road games to keep everything alive. Their run game is what helps them get over the hump in Dallas. And the Packers have one of the worst rush defenses uh, in this back-half portion of, of, the ske- of their season. And it makes me think taking the underdog here might not be the dumbest idea I've ever had. Like, do you agree, or do you think that it's like where their run comes to an end in Lambeau Field? Nothing dumb, nothing crazy about that at all. There are plenty of smart people who do this for a living who are going to be playing the 49ers Saturday night. So there's nothing wrong with being on that side. I disagree, but I absolutely respect the position. I look at San Francisco's situation here, and I shudder a bit. Sixth road game in eight weeks. Six road games in eight weeks. I don't think we're making a big enough deal about that. Just beat Dallas on a Sunday. Now they have to turn around and go to Lambeau on a Saturday. So it's a short week against an opponent who's had two weeks to get healthy and ready for this game. That's a lot to overcome. Now, Courtney, you're absolutely right. The ability to run the ball is huge because it controls tempo and it keeps Aaron Rodgers on the sideline. But if Rodgers finds a way to beat up on your vulnerable secondary and they put up some points early, how often can San Francisco stick with the rushing attack if they fall behind by 14 in this game? Just something to keep in mind. Garoppolo's numbers fell off a cliff last week against Dallas after the shoulder injury. Uh, Fred Warner, the defensive MVP, is battling an ankle injury. Nick Bosa's off a concussion. I side with the Packers here. I also know some of the smart guys out here love the over in this game. It's sitting around 47, so if you're unsure of whether or not to play the Niners or the Packers, the over's a popular play as well. ESPN betting analyst Joe Fortenbaugh joining us. It's Chris Carlin, Courtney Cronin, in for Greeny on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance on ESPN Plus as well. All right, Buccaneers, lane three, total is 48 with the Rams. Matthew Stafford uh, coming to town. They just beat up on Arizona, another team on a short week. How do you play this? So this is the toughest of the four, in my personal opinion. I have the least amount of confidence in this game. It's the only game where I haven't made a wager yet. If you like the Rams, make sure you get the plus three because it's out there. If you like Tampa Bay, there are some two and a halves that are out there. That's where I would lean in this game. I would lean to the Bucks minus two and a half. I don't love them because of the offensive line situation going against Aaron Donald and Von Miller. All those injuries are going to catch up to Tampa. But on the other side, how much am I willing to believe in the Rams? I picked the Rams to win the NFC before the season started. I'm not that confident in them right now. All right, it's one thing to come off the Monday night game. How much credit am I going to give them for that win over Arizona? Cliff Kingsbury had a JV freshman football game plan for that game against the Rams. Cliff Kingsbury was so overmatched in that game, I cannot believe we're not talking about him on the hot seat for how he is wasting these Kyler Murray years. I'm serious. Like, he has done a terrible job with that football team. And they only won four of their final 11 games. That's another Kingsbury trademark. It's falling apart late in the season. So ultimately, you go in, you take care of business against the Cardinals. How much credit do I give you for that? The Rams were able to do something very smart in that game. 
run the ball consistently with effectiveness. That was able to shield Matthew Stafford, who has had serious turnover problems late in the year. You're going against the Tampa defense that ranks third defending the run. If they can limit what you want to do on the ground, you're right back to the point where you need Matthew Stafford to win you the game. And on the road, cross-country, Tampa, short week against Tom Brady needing Stafford to make plays, I worry a little bit. So I don't want the Rams. I'm leaning to the Bucks minus two and a half, but I'm not there yet. Buffalo faces Kansas City for a second time in the 2021 season. Remember, they had that four-game win streak early to start the year, and that was a different Kansas City team than we seen that we see now. Um, and this is a rematch of last year's AFC Championship game. Chiefs lay in two with a total of 54. Do you think that Buffalo can get it done for a second time this season at Arrowhead? Absolutely. I'm betting on Buffalo. I think they are, of all the teams that are in the NFL right now, everyone, AFC, NFC, I think Buffalo's the one that's best built to handle what KC throws at you. If you're going to beat the Chiefs, you're going to need to find yourself in a situation where you can win a shootout. Buffalo can win a shootout. Josh Allen is more than capable of throwing for 350-plus yards. Stephon Diggs is one of the better wide receivers in the league. They can run the ball now. Devin Singletary's been coming on late in the season. So offensively, they can go toe-to-toe with the Chiefs. The edge they have is that they can get some stops. That's where you'd worry about a team like Green Bay against Kansas City. Can they find a way to get stops? Can Tennessee find a way to get stops? Buffalo can. They're a top-two scoring defense. They went in the Arrowhead, and they won earlier this year. They went to Arrowhead last year for the AFC Championship game. They know what the conditions are going to be like in terms of hostility. It's not going to shake them up. They're from western New York. Cold weather and wind is not going to get to them. This is a team more than capable of taking out the Chiefs, who, let's be honest, eh, late in the season, you look a lot of the, at how a lot of the metrics improve, but they were going against some really lousy competition in those games. I'd be playing Buffalo. I also have a feeling that the public's going to be all over the over in this game of 54 points. Remember, it opened 55 and was bet down to 54. There are some smart guys out there who like the under in this game. They think it might be lower scoring than some expect. Just want to throw that out there for the people who are anticipating a shootout. All right, Joe, we got 20 seconds left. Joe Fortenbaugh, ESPN betting analyst, joining us. You get UFC 270, Anaheim, Saturday night, ESPN Plus pay-per-view, main event, Francis Nagano and Cyril gone. What's the play? Gone, minus 150. The price continues to climb up. Gone is a bad matchup for Nganu. He's extremely athletic. He has fantastic defensive skills. He can pick and pop and avoid the one-punch knockout power of Nganu. Go back to Gone's last fight against Derek Lewis, who's another one-punch knockout guy. 14 minutes and 11 seconds of total domination until a TKO in the third round. I like Gone to get it done Saturday night. Joe, go get that paper. Thanks, brother. You too, guys. Best of luck to everyone out there this weekend. Joe Fortenbaugh, ESPN betting analyst. What makes AutoZone America's number one battery destination? Well, it's because they offer free battery testing and charging and reliable replacement batteries starting at just $79.99. They've always got your battery solution. Get in the zone. AutoZone. Chris Carlin, Courtney Cronin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio and on ESPN+. Plus. Up next, we've got injury news affecting this weekend's games in a big, big way for a couple of teams. We'll tell you what it is and what you need to know. Next, Greeny on ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast.
For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Previously on Greeny. Chocolate cake kind of sucks. Super overrated. Of all the beloved desserts, I'm putting chocolate cake at the bottom. You know, I feel attacked. I feel triggered. And What a I, terrible take. I mean. Good Lord. You know, listen, I, I, I've been with Greeny on, on so many things, and even in destroying Arlovsky on some of his just absurd food takes, but it seems, I don't think it's a coincidence that these things seem to come back when I'm filling in for Greeny. By the way, that's your weekly rewind brought to you by Dell. For your small business needs, call a Dell Technologies advisor today at 877-ASK-DELL. And if I were Dell, I'd be very upset that I'm sponsoring that particular take. take. Uh, because, I, Courtney, I have trouble getting food takes from Greeny and Orlovsky who together do not weigh as much as I do. I mean, he's clearly never had Portillo's chocolate cake, and this is so bizarre because he's a Northwestern alum. He's got Illinois roots. Um, That's the best chocolate cake there is on the planet. I'm willing to fight anybody over that. And to say that it's not – it's an overrated dessert, what do you think is better? I I mean – like come, come with facts. Come Nuno, with, come with something else. Nuno, admittedly, uh, you and Bubba, please fill us in here because I heard about the segment. I certainly saw it on Twitter plenty, but I did not get a chance to hear it myself. And that little segment of it doesn't sound like there was anything taken out of context. This is not Rob Ninkovich saying Tom Brady's going <laughs> to retire. So please explain to me how this came up and and where the absurdity of the statement from Greeny emulates from. Well, earlier this week, uh, Andy Reid was asked about... he oh, the equa- chocolate cake. He equated yeah. Super Bowls to chocolate cake, that once you've gone to one, like, you want to keep going. And Greeny, and I'll just throw Bubba under the bus, he's not a big fan of chocolate cake either. Uh, he was uh, he, he was on Granny, uh, Greeny's side here. So Greeny said, oh, it's only good for that first bite, and you need coffee, you can't have... With it, you, you can't have it in as a breakfast cake and oh my God. all this horrendous things, this slanderous stuff on, on air. Uh, Bubba, what's your problem with chocolate cake? Well, look, I'm, I'm not going to turn it down. My, my point is I'm just not a big cake guy is what I said. I would prefer uh, probably like cookies. I would prefer like cheesecake. What about if, pies? If, um, pie, yeah, not, I'm, I'm just not – overall, I'm not a big dessert guy, I guess, is the main thing. And I would probably prefer a vanilla cake if I'm – so that, that was my main thing. If 
Overall, I would put a chocolate cake a little lower, but I'm not going to turn it down, which is essentially what Greeny was saying. He is does not like it after like one bite. He does not like it, doesn't want it anymore. I'm fine with it. I just not would not be my first choice. I'm not going to actively turn it down. I would prefer just some nice chocolate chip cookies, a nice cheesecake, something like that. What if it was a Christine Lisi baked chocolate cake? Would you reconsider? Oh, I, mean, obvious- I, I mean, whatever, Chris. I have like everything Christine makes. Yeah, but hers would be like a, a cake inside a M and M inside of a <laughs> cookie inside of uh, you know a root beer float. So, <laughs> uh, just lastly on this, what exactly did he put in front? Did he rank anything specifically in front? Well, of he was saying pie. Cake? Yeah, he would say any pie. Any pie? I mean, yeah, come any, on. Uh, any, I think he was just saying vanilla cake. He was saying he would take ahead of it. Um, this is all or nothing. But yeah, big, like big it. with the pies. He was saying he liked the pies. Um, yeah. I mean, it's. I, I'm 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 losing my mind when it comes to this stuff, and I feel like you guys purposely set me up now, just knowing it's going to annoy me and upset me. Is uh, that fair? That is a hundred percent fair. It was when we decided what we were going to do as a weekly rewind. We're yep. like. That is it. Well, yeah. I just, Courtney, I've never even had Portillo's, don't. but I trust your word on this. Chris, get to the Midwest. It's the yeah. best. I mean, listen, the chocolate cake is as good as it gets. And I, Greeny just, he needs to stop. He needs to be stopped, more importantly. It's Chris Carlin and Courtney Cronin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio. I don't even want to credit him that I'm sitting here filling in for him after hearing something like that. The injury news that, you need to know, comes out of Tampa this morning, and that is that, according to ESPN's Jenna Lane, who covers the Bucks for ESPN NFL Nation, uh, Tristan Wirfs and Ryan Jensen are both practicing for the Bucks today, and for Wirfs, if I'm not mistaken, first time that he has been back on the field, he has been dealing with that bad right ankle, mm-hmm. and Courtney, the other the other news here is really kind of is getting overshadowed by this is that Leonard Fournette has been back practicing this week too. Yeah, and he was not activated off of injured reserve for the game against the Eagles. It didn't really need him, but you'd be thinking that he's going to play this week against the Rams. So keep an eye out. We should be seeing, I would imagine, the injury designation and just the activation would be within the next, you know, the next day or so. But think about this offensive line. Tom Brady at the beginning of December was talking about the future and the playoff run and that they would need to rely on their front five and that they've been intact the entire season. Like that to me is absolutely crazy. Like Allie Marpet missed one game in week 12 because he had an uh, abdomen injury. But outside of that, during the regular season, that front five was intact for every game. That doesn't happen. You always see movement among the offensive lines throughout you know, all 32 teams for the most part because it's a position where guys get injured and, and things happen. But when you look at like how important this unit is in keeping Tom Brady upright at this point of his, point of his career, of giving him time to throw, he doesn't really need it, but like he'll take it. They are the X factor. So having a healthy offensive line going or you know relatively healthy offensive line going into this game against the Rams absolutely critical considering who you're going against on the other side in the trenches. And to the point about the continuity. This is from Hembo. The Bucks O-line, we know how big of a strength that has been, but between Donovan Smith, Marpet, Ryan uh, Ryan Jensen, Alex Kappa and Tristan Wirfs. How about this? Over the last two years, 
Those five have played 1,769 snaps together. That's including the playoffs. That is more than twice any, twice as many as any other combo in the NFL. That from Hembo, I mean, it, it really wasn't talked about a whole lot until the last week or two among the casual fans, but it, you could absolutely approach it as the single biggest reason that Brady was able to win another championship mm-hmm. somewhere else and has been in this position this year, even with all the injuries that they had at receiver. I mean, go back and look last year at Kansas City. What was their strength offensively outside of Patrick Mahomes and the weapons uh, going into the Super Bowl? The offensive line. What happened in the Super Bowl? Offensive line was injured, and they were completely dismantled by even a three-man rush from Tampa Bay. That that element of your team has to be intact if you want to win games and be successful in the postseason. And fortunately for Tampa Bay, health comes at the right time. Greeny, the podcast. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute, but Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is another underrated meatloaf song. I, I would say that the Paradise by the Dashboard Line would be overrated, but two out of three ain't bad is right up there too. But listen, guy had a great sense of humor about himself and passed away. Just terrible news. This is Greeny coming to you live from above the Heineken River Deck at Pier 17. Chris Carlin, Courtney Cronin filling in for Greeny today. The other big injury news involves the defense for the 49ers and the fact that Nick Bosa, he is back practicing. It looks like he has cleared concussion protocol. And Fred Warner looks like he will be uh, able to go in full bore uh, at this point, too. And look, it's all hands on deck for the 49ers. And Courtney, we started here today. This is where the real problem is for me. It's the short week. It's all of those little things. But ultimately... As much as I will be rooting for the 49ers, uh, my wife is from the San Francisco area, will be very into this game, I still at the same time cannot find a way for them to win because the best player on the field is Aaron Rodgers, and I don't see him losing in zero-degree temperatures at home. I understand, and Jimmy Garoppolo is still dealing with the thumb injury. He's dealing with a a shoulder injury that he's not on the injury report with, 
But you've got to think, throwing in zero-degree temperatures when you don't play in zero-degree temperatures regularly is going to be very difficult, but I'm confident because of what Debo Samuel is to this offense and what Elijah Mitchell was last week to this offense that you don't have to have Jimmy Garoppolo I mean, nobody was expecting him to carry this team anyways uh, in the playoffs. And that's why so many people were down on the 49ers against the Dallas Cowboys. But do just enough. Put the ball in the hands of your playmakers. Have, you know, a lot of jet sweeps, a lot of motion, all these things. Have a really creative rushing attack because you can do it against this defense. That's why I personally think that they'll be okay on the injury front considering what else they have around Garoppolo. We had Rob Nankovich on earlier, and the biggest key that he was talking about for Rodgers, which was a statistic that has been out there a little bit and I had not seen it prior to this week. When they are in play action, Aaron Rodgers over the last two years has thrown 35 touchdowns and zero interceptions. So he is looking for them to run the football somewhere around 20 to 25 times because that will put them in incredible position on play action. Totally understand that. If Aaron Jones is that big of a factor in this game, I just don't know that the 49ers have a great chance. Because, you know, I I can't say that you want to force them to throw the ball because they're going to beat you that way too. But it just makes it that much more difficult of a hill to climb. Yeah, and I mean, look at the way that Rodgers is playing right now. He has not thrown an interception since week 10. Like, that's wild. And to, to me... The health that they have, they've got David Bakhtiari back. He got a little taste in Week 18 after not playing all season. I think Jair Alexander should be good to go, too. Look like things were trending that way. Their health factor in the bye week and the rest that they got cannot be underestimated the importance that that's going to play into where the Packers stand come Monday. Chris Carlin, Courtney Cronin in for Greeny, presented by Progressive Insurance. Then there's the Bills and the Chiefs. And I was talking to some people this week and talked to uh, one in particular on a, on a, on a staff that handled um, Josh Allen pretty well. And it's an interesting point. The Bills have been so good at running the football lately. Would you rather force the Bills into a situation where – they have to throw the football to beat you, or would you rather want to have them run the ball with Singletary, as they have done lately, to try to beat you? I mean, if I'm Buffalo, I'm leaning on on that aspect of of my game plan. Offensively, with the run game, you know, Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes are the two quarterbacks who can do both. They can run and they can pass. I think the more dangerous thing for Buffalo is their rushing attack. So yeah, if you want to if you want to make them earn this win, out physical them in in route to, you know, whoever goes to the AFC championship next week, I think that you probably try to challenge them. Say, okay, Josh Allen, you know, if you if you want to be the lead rusher this week, it's going to be tough to do so. So you're gonna to have to rely on Devin Singletary, who down the stretch, the last four games of the season, has been the last three games of the regular season going into the playoffs, a wild card game last week, has been unbelievable. I don't think he's they're gonna have him run twenty three times the way that they did in that win over Atlanta, which was a season high for him. But you got to start leaning on that run game more than you have in earlier parts of the season, earlier than like the last time that these two teams played. And to that point, Courtney, they needed him to do that in that game because Josh Allen had a stinker. Mm-hmm. And that's what I worry about. You look at how this season played out, there is the possibility 
of a multi-interception game kind of seemingly out of nowhere. And I wonder if that's this week. I don't believe it is because I don't think the Chiefs, even though their defense woke up a little bit, I don't think the Chiefs' defense is good enough to do that to him yet. But that's where I would just be a hair concerned about Allen Mm -hmm. in this particular spot. Yeah, I understand it. It does feel like you've got the good Josh Allen the last couple weeks, right? That, you know, danger's creeping right around the corner. It's there's so many advantages here. I think when you like compare the two, Mahomes versus Allen, and you know who has the better arm. Well, the passing strength. I'd probably think the. I probably think that you'd give that to Patrick Mahomes. And it's not to say that I don't trust Josh Allen's arm, and that he would have a multiple interception game. But it just kind of feels like the odds are not stacked against or, or stacked against him in that way where something might turn. Not saying that the Chiefs' defense is, again, they can bait him into those situations just yet, but it feels like it's, you know, kind of feels like it's time almost. I, and one last one here. This has been kicked around a little bit. I'm not there yet to say that this is the next Brady Manning. I'm not no? there yet on Allen and Mahomes because there are too many other young guys here that I still have uh, an awful lot of um, – good feelings about and just impressed by like I think Justin Herbert's gonna be in that kind of discussion I when those two were there they were so far and above everybody else I know how good Mahomes is I'm not there with Allen yet well I can understand the people who are asking if it's Manning Brady 2.0 because who did we see in the AFC championship game last year? Yes. These two. What's the de facto AFC championship game this year? These two. So those types of meetings seem to kind of like up the ante a little bit, but you also have to factor in. Like we kind of geek out the same way. Like, oh my gosh, Lamar Jackson versus Patrick Mahomes or when Joe Burrow played in Patrick Mahomes and it's the this era of quarterbacks, there's an abundance of really talented ones. These two, for me, stand out at the top of the list, so I'm okay not calling it completely Manning, Brady 2.0, but I think we're on the verge of it, and maybe after this weekend, if none of them are going to put up a 40-burger, that's not going to happen against these defenses, but you're going to see a back-and-forth affair. You're going to see a lot of passing and some really good football, I think, from these two. So we might be closer to donning at that by the end of the weekend. Chris Carlin, Courtney Cronin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio. Make sure you tune in tomorrow for college basketball action as Duke hosts Syracuse. Coverage begins 11.30 a.m. Eastern time on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. Life is a series of choices. Who you got? Make a decision. Say it! Say it! All right, I'll say it. Who you got? It is what America waits for every week. And apparently, we have some breaking news in it as well. Bubba, the floor is yours. Well, or the, Nuno. Per Adam Schefter, the Giants are planning to hire Bill's assistant coach, uh, Bill's assistant GM, Joe Shane, as their GM per sources. They're still working out a contract, but the Giants, other finalists, have been told they're out. Wow. Joe Shane to the Giants. Courtney, your immediate reaction. Well, my immediate reaction is, is Brian Dable going to be the next head coach of the New York Giants? Like, they have given the Giants GM all these candidates that they brought in. They had their finalists last, I think yesterday or the day before was when things wrapped up. And, you know, the word out there is they're doing this differently, that the GM will indeed be picking the head coach and will have carte blanche to effectively change the things about this organization that have not worked under the under previous regimes. So Joe Shane being the first 
domino to fall, I think is going to affect a lot of other GM searches around the NFL. And I'll start with the team that I cover for ESPN.com, the Minnesota Vikings. The number two, you know, widely considered the number two candidate in New York is Kansas City Chiefs Executive Director of Player Personnel, Ryan Poles. Now, does he become the favorite in Minnesota to get hired for the GM job? I mean, they've only done the initial interviews, but I think at this point we'll start to see in Minnesota those second interviews come out, maybe a hire made by the end of the weekend because you want to be able to get a jump on the head coaches that you know, you're know you trying to fill with this position. But then what does that mean for Chicago? What does that mean for the Las Vegas Raiders? There's still multiple GM openings here that our seats are going to end up getting filled, but this should create a domino effect. And I would imagine, Chris, that this ends up going pretty quickly uh, down the next couple days of the, so of the searches. This is what's really interesting to me about this. Okay. Um, the Giants are bringing in somebody in Joe Shane who obviously has a terrific pedigree with what's gone on in Buffalo and what they have been able to build. And everybody looks at that as one of the models around the league right now. You're talking about the other guys as well. Poles, Adam mm-hmm. Peters with the 49ers. Having said all of that, where he goes with head coach, Courtney, I honestly, it, when I heard that they had interest in uh, talking to Dan Quinnard and asked for permission, and when I've heard that Brian Flores is heavily interested in being the Giants head coach, I believe it is so important for them to not have two first-timers on the job in this situation. Look around the league, not just we have talked so much about the impatience with quarterbacks, but the impatience with head coaches now. You know, somebody like Dan Quinn, who was in Atlanta, you can argue the success level that he had with or without Kyle Shanahan all you want. I like the idea of somebody who has done it before, especially someone who's been removed from being head coach for a year so that you have somebody that has examined what they did wrong the first time and has hopefully been able to improve upon themselves as a result of it. I don't want two guys in the job, especially with the cap as big of a mess Mm -hmm. in what next year is going to be, who have never done it before. The only way that you work around this from a personnel perspective is if you're someone like Joe Shane, who is your veteran personnel coach? guy or girl that's going to be your assistant GM, your number two. Like you have to tap into your network and who you have uh, to be able to rely on as you do this for the first time. So that is, it's critical. Like who will be on his staff? Does he end up going after someone like a Dan Morgan, whose name has not really been out there in this GM search at all, but he's with Carolina and there's natural ties that you can draw from a number of different teams out in the East and the South between like Carolina, the Giants, Washington, Philly, um, all of those places, Buffalo too. They're all in that mix and they all have recycled a lot of personnel executives among those teams. So is that where he goes to get this right? But when you're talking about not having a first-time head coach and a first-time GM, my brain's going to Brian Flores. Am I wrong for thinking that? Potentially that he might be a favorite in New York. We know the natural ties there, and he was just with the Dolphins for three seasons, and yeah, things didn't clearly end uh, on the right foot down there for him, but could he potentially be a day, be a pair with Joe Shane over someone like Brian Dable? You know, and I, I know that it's not fair to say this because we have seen guys who have had success before. If we want to talk about this, like Andy Reid has been somebody that 
got fired in Philadelphia, but immediately got another job and had great success in Kansas City. But he had 14 years in Philadelphia Mm -hmm. before he moved on. I don't love the idea that if it is going to be someone with experience with Flores, that you're bringing in a coach who just got fired from somewhere else because maybe what I was talking about there, the reflection, his role in why the success didn't necessarily happen. That doesn't become a big part of it when you are rushing and you're trying to get staff and you're trying to get everything else in place and all of a sudden you're in free agency before you blink and then you're in the draft before you blink. I I do like the idea if you're going to bring in someone with experience, someone who has taken a little step away from it and maybe can look at it a little bit differently to examine how they can get better in it. Because I feel like if you're hiring somebody who just got fired, Courtney, you're telling them, I agree. Whatever you did was not wrong. None of it was your fault. I I don't disagree with that. I think that there is, we should always like, you know, be cautious about people who just got fired and then all of a sudden they pop up in another job right away without any time to really look back and reflect on what happened. I mean, maybe they do it internally, but, you know, now that we start seeing some of the names that are coming out for the giant search, because they have been true to their word that they are going to go find a GM first and then hire a head coach. The Minnesota Vikings, mind you, said the GM will end up having a big say in hiring the head coach. Well, they've already been doing a lot of head coach interviews the last week or so so I don't really know is it just them getting their like background done is it just trying to put pieces in place and then be like okay we like these candidates who do you pick new GM among the list that they have which I think I don't know it's a little weird considering what they publicly said they were going to do versus what they're publicly doing in the interviews but expect now that a Dan Quinn might emerge in the mix for the Cowboys that you know we talked about Brian Flores maybe it's Brian Dable like you're going to start to see a lot of names come out here that we were maybe not expecting for the New York Giants and maybe some that would make sense because of the ties that they're going to have to Shane. All right, Courtney, in covering the league, we got about 30 seconds, the reputation of Joe Shane and what you've heard throughout this process. Yeah, I mean, he's he's been around. He was in Miami. He was in Carolina. He's been in, in, in Buffalo. And what Buffalo's built the last couple years and after drafting Josh Allen to where they are now, I mean, he's had a hand in it. Listen, he's somebody that comes from an organization that is having great success right now, and there are going to be an awful lot of decisions to be made, not just the head coach, where they're headed with the quarterback situation, and where they're headed with the salary cap, which is a complete and utter mess for the Giants at the moment. It's hard to imagine a situation where somebody comes in and is successful right away. But we'll have more on that throughout the day on ESPN and, of course, on ESPN Radio. Barton Honda. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and see it with the video on ESPN+. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast.